Have you ever been scared? I mean, that's a silly question, right? Of course you have. We've all been scared. Some of us, uh, some of us are scared of creepy crawly things like spiders and snakes. Count me. Um, some of us are scared of heights. Don't like to be in tall places. Uh, some of us might be scared of like weird food or uh, simply scared of the unknown. Like you don't know it. I'm just scared of it. Yeah. Or you might be scared that your favorite football team might lose its biggest game of the season, which you were supposed to win by two touchdowns. I don't know. Maybe that's not you, but maybe it was me. You might have been scared. I don't know. But really, we don't need to ask whether or not we've been scared. Whether you're, whether you're willing to admit it or not, we've all been scared. Instead, the question we need to ask is, how do you react when you do get scared? Another way of questioning, uh, asking this question is, how do you handle fear? I'm sure maybe we've got some screamers in the group. Whenever you come upon a, 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 a walk upon a snake or a spider drops down in front of you, you scream and you scream loud. You scream that thing to death, right? That's your hope. Some of us run away when we get scared. We get out of there as quickly as possible. Our fight or flight response kicks in and we are choosing flight. See you later. I'm out. But as that suggests, some of us are fighters. When we get scared and fear starts to creep in, we don't run, we fight. We meet that fear head on, we attack it. You know, I'd like to think that I'm a fighter. I'm not sure, though. I'd like to think so. When I was a senior in high school, and listen, I may have shared this story with you. I can't remember the stories I share anymore. Um, but by Wednesday, you forget most of what I say anyway. So um, <laughs> here we go. When I was a senior in high school, uh, my parents were away for the weekend. I don't know where they went. Who I don't know. But they were gone. I was, you know, as a 17, 18-year-old kid, I was more than old enough to be home alone. Uh, only child used to be by myself. Uh, my parents, though, had told my youth director, who we were very close to with at the time, um, that I was home alone. If I need anything, that I could just call him and he'd be around. And he said, sure. Uh, I can't remember if it was Friday night or that Saturday night, but I'm getting ready for bed. And I always kept my door closed when I went to sleep. I don't know. It's just one of those things I did. Some of you leave it open. Some of us leave it closed. And even when I was home alone, I left it. I closed my door. So I'm, I'm getting ready for bed. I'm lying down. I'm laying, you know, face up. Um, you know, eventually I'll turn over the side because that's how I sleep good. But anyways, I started out laying, you know, face up. And like the door, my, my bedroom door is at the foot of my bed. And so you know, I got the lights off and, and uh, I'm laying down. I'm, I'm almost there. I'm getting ready. I'm laying down. And um, I look at my bedroom door and I look at the bottom. And I'm almost asleep. And I swear I see a shadow go across the bottom of the doorway. The crack between the door and the floor, there is a shadow that just went across my door. I'm home alone. At least I thought I was. I kind of jump up in bed. I, 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 I look again. I don't see anything. Surely my mind is just playing tricks on me. That's all it is. I lay back down. I start to go back to sleep again. 
Of course, before I go back to sleep, I've got to take another look to see if there's anything uh, at the bottom of my door. And I look, nothing. I look for a long time, nothing, nothing, nothing. And just as I'm about to stop looking and close my eyes, bam, another shadow goes across the bottom of my door. Well, now I'm officially scared out of my brain. I am convinced that somebody is in this house. I am convinced that I'm probably going to die. It's over. I'm leaving this world. I'm all alone. But then my fight or flight response kicks in. I didn't really have anywhere to go. I could have jumped out the window, but that would have been a mess. So either I fight or whoever or whatever is in my house is just going to take me out. So I choose to fight. I look around for something to fight with. <laughs> I look around my room. Not a lot in my room to fight with. So I look in my closet. I had a little walk-in closet, not a big one, but just a little walk-in closet. So I walk in my closet. I turn on the light. I look. I look. And I grab out of my closet the most lethal weapon that I could find at the time, and I come out with this. <laughs> my plan, if it came down to it, was to turn my intruder into the biggest waffle fry you have ever seen. It was all I had. I don't know what made me do it and get the courage to do it after what seemed like hours of just kind of watching the bottom of my door to see if more shadows would come out. But I grabbed the door handle. I quickly opened it and I was ready. But there was nothing. There was nothing in my room. There was nothing in the hallway. There was nothing in the two guest bedrooms or, the, or my mom's bedroom or the living room or the kitchen or anywhere else that I went multiple times to double check if there was anything in my house. There was nothing. This is all I had. So I don't know what I saw or if I saw anything or if my mind was playing tricks. The latter is probably most likely. But at that point, I was so freaked out. There was no way I was sleeping in that house by myself. So I called my youth director, who was single, lived alone, uh, one-bedroom apartment not far away. He came over to pick me up, and I'll never forget, um, he came to answer the door. I'm nervous as I'll get out. He knocks on the door, and I come clenching my white knuckles with his, <laughs> with his tennis racket, and I'll never forget how hard he laughed at me. He never let me forget that day. But it's really amazing what we will do and how we will react when we're afraid. We'll either fight or we'll flight. And depending on our level of fear and whether or not our fear is justified and, and also depending on our maturity and understanding and our whatnot, sometimes we fight and flight in healthy ways and sometimes we fight and flight in unhealthy ways. Paul writes to Timothy, a young leader in the church, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now listen, can you just put, your put, put yourself in the shoes of Timothy? Can you imagine what he must be feeling as a young leader? He was young to be a leader in his day. He was dealing with uh, false teachers and disruptive leaders that we read about in these letters. Hence, Paul writes to him multiple times about what it looks like to be a leader and how to choose the right 
leaders. The task of taking charge can oftentimes seem overwhelming, no matter the age, but certainly for someone with little experience. And it is so easy to operate and to lead and to live out of fear. So Paul reminds Timothy, he reminds us that we lead, when we, when we lead and when we go about our life, we're supposed to live and lead not out of fear. The spirit God gave us does not make us timid. The good old King James Bible says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear. Listen, as I've already mentioned, there are plenty of things in this world that, that cause us to, to fear and to be afraid. Some of those things are worthy of our fear, and some of them are not. Sometimes, you know, we make up stuff in our head like, you know, shadows underneath the uh, bedroom door. But as we're going through life and as we're leading our different places and influences in life, we cannot operate and lead and live out of fear. If we claim the name Christian and we're following after Christ, God did not give us a, a spirit of fear and timidity. We have God's very presence. God's spirit living inside of us. And the last time I checked, there is nothing in all the universe. There's nothing in all the universe that's bigger or greater or more powerful than God Almighty. So what do we have to fear? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because here's the thing. What do we typically do when we're afraid and we live and operate out of fear? We usually overreact. We usually blow things up in our mind and we do some crazy things like taking a racket to a shadow. In terms of leadership, we don't lead well when we're afraid. And you've all seen uh, a leader who's afraid and tried to lead. Maybe they were afraid of someone taking their place. Maybe they were afraid that the project they were doing was too big to handle. Maybe they were afraid they were going to fail. There's all kinds of things and ways leaders live in fear. And when fear takes over, leaders can do all sorts of things. You know, sometimes we try to project overconfidence. I'm going to make up for my fear because I'm going to project overconfidence. I got this. You know, bringing a tennis racket to a gunfight, still acting like you're going to take care of business. Some leaders, when they're afraid, become overbearing. They uh, start to micromanage and want to be, con uh, be in control and have their hands in every aspect of what they're doing. Sometimes we manipulate others or the situation when we live in fear. And none of those ways are, are healthy ways of handling fear. These are all symptoms of someone living and leading out of control. So that's why Paul reminds Timothy, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Paul reminds Timothy that God has given him the gift of leading the, his people. Paul reminds Timothy and us that God has given us God's very self and that God, God does not operate out of fear. God does not operate out of fear and neither should we. Instead, God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. 
in all of our passages that I read to you this morning out of uh, both letters to Timothy and, and to Titus, Paul reminds these leaders and us that the mark of a true leader is self-control. If we want to live and lead, even in times when we are scared and fearful, we need to have self-control. We need to breathe. We need to take a moment and remember who is in us and who leads us. We need to remember that self-control matters. Self-discipline matters. You know, one of the ways that we operate out of fear is that we get angry. We get angry that we're scared. Because especially for us guys, you know, the world's told us that, you know, it's not manly to be, to be afraid. So we get angry that we're scared. And in order to, sh- to not show anyone that we're afraid or scared, we demonstrate anger instead of fear. We show anger instead of fear. Yet Paul reminds us that leaders are to be temperate. And then writing to Titus, he says leaders are to not be quick-tempered. Listen, we all get angry. We all get upset. We all get scared. But there's a way to manage it and control it. We, We don't have to blow up. We don't have to turn into a volcano. Just take a moment. Recognize your fear. Recognize your anger and control it. The moment you operate out of anger and start yelling and fussing and saying things that you just can't take back, once it's said, it's out there. Once you start acting out of anger, yelling and fussing and all that stuff, you lose credibility and you lose influence. And if you lose influence, you lose the ability to lead. Plain and simple. Leaders must remember that self-control matters. And here's something I want you to think about. Instead of thinking about it as self-control, even though that's that's scriptural and biblical and it says it right there, self-discipline, self-control, all that, think of it more as being spirit-controlled. Spirit-controlled. Paul again says to Timothy, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Power, love, and self-discipline come from a life that's controlled by the Spirit. It is the Spirit of God that gives us self-discipline or self-control. It is the Spirit of God that helps us to lead and to live even in our fear. It is the Spirit of God that gives us power and love. So as leaders, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we must learn to live in the Spirit. You know, we can read all the self-help books that are out there in the world, but nothing will help us be more self-controlled than being controlled by the Spirit of God. Nothing will help us lead better than the Spirit of God leading us. Nothing will help us conquer our fears than the powerful Spirit of God working in our lives. You know, a lot of times when we live and lead out of fear, which causes us to act out in anger or overreact or be overbearing, it's because our egos are bruised. We're embarrassed. And so what do we do? We overcompensate. 
Yet we are called as followers of Christ to lead not out of will or ego, but instead guided by the Holy Spirit. We're to lead out of love. You see, fear is rooted in insecurity. And when we lead out of insecurity, we will not be empowered by the Spirit or act in love. In terms of Spirit-controlled, we're really talking about Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. As leaders and as followers of Christ, we're called to live out the fruit of the Spirit. And notice that it doesn't say fruits of the Spirit. You can't pick off one of those and say, I'm going to do this and not this. It says fruit of the Spirit. Meaning, if we're living in the Spirit, then, we, then we're living out all those. Or we're called to live out all those. Some of us are like, yep, not asking for patience. But we need to be living out all of those. All these qualities. And notice, I don't see fear up there. I don't see fear. I don't, I don't see anger. I don't see timidity because they're not fruit of the Spirit. Instead, I see love. I see joy is, peace is, patience is, kindness is, goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Leaders must be gentle and patient, knowing that real power and real strength comes from a gentle spirit. So how are you living life? Are you living it out of fear? Man, I tell you what, nowadays, 24-7 news, man, it is so easy to live out of fear. Turn it off. Stop reading everything that comes across the news wire. Control what you can control and stop living out of fear. Or are you currently living out of the power and the love that comes from the Spirit of God. What are some growing edges in your life? What, what fruit have you said, eh, no, that's not me. What fruit do you need to put back on the tree? Say, this is, I'm going to live out all these. Where do you need some spirit control in your life? Where are you Swinging a tennis racket at shadows when you should be clinging to the Holy Spirit of God. Remember this, God has not given us a spirit of timidity, a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of self-discipline. Amen. Heavenly Father, enable us, your people, to be spirit-controlled people. And a byproduct of that, we would be self-controlled. Allow us to be spirit-led people. Trust in the power that, that you have given to us. That we can lead others to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ.
We thank you for the opportunity that we have to influence and lead others in our lives. Enable us to be your people led by your spirit. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.